Hi all, welcome to the I Didn't Know That Was The Last Time podcast. My name is Liz and I'll be your host. On this podcast, we'll be using our title as the prompt for each episode. We'll hear different people tell their stories about a moment they didn't realize would be the last. Our conversations will be around grief, coping with loss, self-care, and perseverance. Don't worry, we'll also have some funny stories because what is comedy but tragedy plus time? This episode is the second to last of my personal stories for a while. If you want to hear a deeper introduction of the folks mentioned in this story, please listen to the previous three episodes. My dad's two favorite cartoons were Garfield and The Simpsons. From my point of view, I think he saw himself as those lead characters. He was not a fan of Monday like Garfield and wanted to live his life as Homer Simpson. He wanted to be able to follow every new fun fixation, come back home to a cooked meal, afford to pay all of his bills on time, all while maintaining constant employment and simultaneously skipping out on work. I've come to this conclusion because he would do things like take a fresh paycheck to the new Costco in town and spend it all, with plans like upgrading all the electronics to, in the house. He was the fun parent that would get us excited for these plans. Then he'd get home to my mom, who was the strict parent, and she'd remind him that they hadn't paid the mortgage or electricity bills yet. He'd sulk and return all the non-food items, and he would spend the rest of the day alternating between depressed and angry. This is one of many examples, but I learned how to navigate those moods at a young age. He spent the majority of his free time in front of the television or the computer. I would keep quiet and try to stay out of the way, but nearby at the same time. When his attention would happen to fall on me, I would do my best to make him laugh as quickly as I could. I wouldn't say that he encouraged cursing, but I wouldn't get in trouble for it if I could make him laugh. In the worst case scenario, I'd get a stirred and now it's not the time for that. But typically, this technique had one of two reactions. My favorite was when we'd continue my joke into a fantastic make-believe scenario that would leave us in a fit of laughter. I love being silly. And other times, my jokes were able to soften his mood, and he'd open up to what was on his mind. We had a lot of deep conversations, which is a good thing when you look at how much time we had. My mom was the eldest of 14 siblings. She was often left alone to take care of the rest of her siblings. Inevitably, in a family that large, not every child was afforded the same opportunities. My mom was not able to celebrate her 15th birthday in a manner fitting our Peruvian culture, while a few years down the road, a few of her sisters had a proper quinceañera. It was really important to my mom that I had a quinceañera. Much to my protest, she wanted it to be very traditional. There's a lot of tradition in what seems like a simple birthday party. Shortly after my 14th birthday, around August of 2004, my mom had me reach out and start inviting my family to my 15th birthday. I then asked each family member for a specific item to donate in lieu of a birthday gift. My grandma agreed to pay for the dress, my aunts gifted me a beautiful rosary to be blessed and a cross necklace to wear, a cousin donated her photography skills, my mom's coworker donated her videography skills, and a lot of family brought traditional previewing dishes. We also hired a dance instructor to teach me and a handful of friends how to waltz. Back in episode one, I talked a lot about my grandma, our holiday traditions, and my last Christmas cooking with her. 
On that same Christmas, my grandma had a specific gift she asked my aunts to help her find for her grandchildren. She wanted to make sure all the ladies in the family had pearls. At 14 years old, the person I knew that was closest to my age that also wore pearls was Lisa Simpson. But grandma knows best, so I kept them in a safe spot. She passed away the following month. While my aunts were tidying up her room, they found an envelope tucked away that was labeled Elizabeth's dress money. When it came time to go dress shopping, I knew what price range we were aiming for. My mom was not going to let me get anything other than a traditional white dress, and I got to pick purple accents because it reminded me of my grandma. When it came time to pay for the dress, the additional colors, the alterations, and the taxes, it totaled the exact amount of money that was in that envelope. I've mentioned previously that my grandma was an excellent gift giver because she knew me so well, and this felt exactly like that again. As time drew closer to my birthday, my dad was asked to join in a dance lesson for a special father-daughter dance. He made a joke of it, rushed through the lesson, and got out of there as soon as he could. Looking back, I wish I would have pressed him to see if he wanted to do the dance. If he didn't, we could have saved a lot of time by cutting that part out of the event. If he did want to do the dance, then at least I'd know without a doubt that he actually wanted to do the dance and is simply an awful dancer. If you're unfamiliar with this particular style of dance, the American Waltz has six basic steps that are repeated throughout the dance. The dancers move right, left, right in a counterclockwise movement around the room. Waltzes are in three, four timing, so when you count your steps, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. When it came time to perform the dance, we half practiced one time. My dad counted his steps while taking the wrong ones and consistently stepping on my feet. He also wasn't counting to the beat. He was just counting, like up to six, and repeated. I tried to maintain my composure while not falling on my dress that was pinched between our feet with each of my dad's missteps. I knew the photographer and videographer were around, so I had to keep a smile on. Through gated teeth, I asked my dad if he would please let me lead. He just laughed and continued counting to six in no rhythmic fashion whatsoever. After my dad counted to six the pre-designated amount of times, they opened up the floor to any other family members who wanted to dance with me. My grandpa Milton was the very next person to step onto the floor. He immediately started two-stepping to this waltz. I couldn't believe what was going on. I didn't know if this was another one of my dad's pranks or if both of them were legitimately this bad at the waltz. It turns out being cautious about my facial expressions while being so embarrassed with my dad was a good move to play. I have one great photo of us dancing together while wearing the pearls and dress my grandma got me. I share it on social media all the time, and it definitely looks like we're laughing while dancing. I'd like to think he made a joke of it all because it's a 15-year-old's birthday and we're treating it as a big wedding. I want to believe that he was making a joke of it all because he thought he'd have another chance, that he'd be serious when it came time to my actual wedding. I want to believe that because it's also what I hoped for. When I was at the hospital after he passed and I was still holding his still warm hand and I was getting angry, this is one of the events I was angry about. 
as angry that he was never going to make up for this dance to me. In even less effort than a waltz, my dad was not even going to walk me down the aisle. The audacity. My dad had to die before I was ready. Unbelievable. <laughs> Nowadays, if something's important to me, I let my loved ones know so that they take it seriously. And if they choose not to take something seriously, that's fine. But then I would choose another loved one to take part. Someone who would take it seriously. If I had taken this approach with my dad, I feel like he would have either stepped up and our dance could have been less painful, or we could have done something else we would have both have enjoyed. There's also the chance we wouldn't have had the dance at all. We could have cut it completely and I would have never had a picture dancing with my dad in that dress. And that reminds me of my grandma. So maybe it's a good thing that it happened exactly how it did. It's too easy to get into the what-ifs and could-have-beens when thinking about my dad. I've never told anyone this, but I can't sleep if I see the light coming through the underside of the bedroom door. I'll stick a towel there, I'll sleep with my back towards it, or rearrange the room so I can't see it. Because that's the way my room was configured when I said goodbye to my dad and when I found out that he had passed. And instead of dreaming... I'll lay awake in the dark and spend hours thinking of an entire world or right on the other side of that door. My dad's still here. He's sober. He's financially savvy. He's been supportive of my entire career. And where after months of talking about it, we finally got to see the Simpsons movie together. But as the sun rises and I can see the room a bit more, I know where I am. I know where he is. And I know I'm not in a world where we spent months talking about the Simpsons movie. We're in one where we talked about the Simpsons movie and he passed three months before its premiere. But then I remember that I still was able to see that with my Girl Scout troop and all of the people that have been there for me since my dad couldn't and I can't wait to talk about them the next episode if staying up all night and thinking about the could have been some what ifs sound like you know that you're not alone but just like how I had to rearrange my room to get sleep make sure you're doing what you need to get a full night's rest grieving in a high demand world with little sleep is a recipe for burnout if I was going to pair this episode with a book it would be Lindsay C. Gibson's book called Self-Care for Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, Honor Your Emotions, Nurture Yourself, and Live with Confidence. I love my dad, but even before he passed, he wasn't trying to win a Best Dad Award, and that's had an effect on my life. This is actually a pairing to her original book about adult children of emotionally immature parents, I enjoyed this self-care tips because there are some really specific techniques you can use to nurture yourself, which has helped me with my anxiety and thinking about it in a different way. And I could really relate to some of the examples in this book, but some didn't apply to me. So just like my podcast, I suggest taking what serves you and leaving the rest. If you like this episode, give it a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Follow us on social media. Our handles everywhere is at Last Time Podcast. If you have any feedback or want to reach out to me, you can email us at lasttimepodcast at gmail.com. 
And until next time, I'll miss you bunches.